Hello and welcome to another episode of the You Know Jack podcast. This is Kevin. Hope everyone's doing well. It's another late night, Wednesday night prep session here, just trying to get things wrapped up so that I can get this episode out here in the middle of the night for my listeners that listen on the way to work. You know, I have like 30, 40 people that by the time I wake up at 7 in the morning, it shows that I've already had people listen to it. I don't know who you psychopaths are, but I appreciate you because I get up kind of early and I, I mean, maybe it's an error with the software that I'm using, but I like to believe that it's true and, uh, you know, it's probably my family and people like that. So yeah, I just like to say thanks to those crazy people, um, it's been a nutty week, man, and, and a crazy day today. I, we're, we're, I'm just hardly keeping up today. I'm not gonna lie. Just got home and after the kids stuff, and you know my chip on my debit card's been broken for at least I would say since fall. And uh, you know a normal person would probably just go ahead and get a new debit card, but I have have not done that because I I tend to procrastinate and I use Apple Pay here and there, but. Man, it just really kicked in tonight. Went to get some food for the kids, and it was just kind of a nightmare situation. You know, they they put the, you put your card in, and if the chip doesn't work, you have to do it two or three times before you can swipe it. And every once in a while, you go to a, a fast food restaurant, and you get a rookie. You get a kid that doesn't know what he's doing, and he'll tell you. Hey man, this thing ain't working. And I'm like, well, you gotta, you gotta try it again. And I'm trying to explain to this kid how to, how to use a debit card that's broken, but it's not really broken. And so then, you know, I don't have a, I, I don't even have a credit card. I can't be trusted with one of those things. So I, I only have a debit card. So I'm like, Hey, this, this thing's gotta work. I need to get my kids, you know, food here. They're sitting in the car. They just got done with soccer. And so, you know, that's the kind of evening I had tonight. So I'm glad to be winding down here. I'm in the in the studio. It's coming together. I, sh- I put up a picture. We've got some new furniture in. Uh, working on that Echo. Just trying to get some stuff on the walls in here. Um, you know, I don't have doors yet. I don't think I've really said that on the air, but it's pretty hilarious. I have a... Uh, got a pretty good opening where the doors should be i'm I'm, I'm gonna have two barn doors that'll close so it's a it's about a you know a good five foot opening and it just so happens that it fits a queen-sized mattress perfectly so i literally have an air mattress that i put in and out when i record so If you can imagine, you're already going to some dude's house to record a podcast, and then he's got an air mattress for a door. You might you might think that things aren't going to go so well, Um, but I think it's going okay. I hope you guys agree. It's been fun, and uh, this week is a really fun episode. I met uh, this person through a good buddy of mine named Todd Locks. Todd is a a local person here in the in the Bethalto area, the River Bend area, as we call it. And uh, Todd owns a a gym called Pride Fitness, and Pride Fitness is a, kind of a one of a kind place. You know, it's a it's a huge circuit workout. Um, three nights a week they offer it. Or two two nights a week, Saturday mornings, every week. And then every once in a while, he'll throw in a surprise circuit workout. But you can pay a certain amount of money, just show up, and you can participate in the circuit workout. And there's sometimes 150-plus people there. And it's like a 8,000, 10,000-square-foot um, open shell. And it's just total madness. And so... Todd told me when we were talking a couple months ago that hey I've got this I've got this girl that comes to Pride who I've gotten to know and I think she'd be a really good fit for your podcast. Her name's Tori Rose. So Todd put me in touch with her. We got to talking and we scheduled something and uh, she came into the air mattress studio uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it was two weeks ago 
and uh, we were able to sit down and talk for an hour, and it was it was pretty awesome, man. This girl's young; she's only twenty six, but she's been through quite a bit, and she just comes strolling in my house, acting like we're best friends, and I loved it. She she was just really uh, enthusiastic, raw, and honest, and she's open about a lot of tough stuff, man. I mean. She's uh, she's been through a couple really hard things in life, and she was willing to kind of get into those. And I, I really appreciate her uh, being open and, and honest because I feel like it that's that's going to help people. You know, somebody might hear that 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 needs to at the time. Um, so you know, Tori is a sort of a, a fitness model slash photographer workout person. She's in good shape she used to not be i won't give her whole story away but she's she's had a transformation in her life and uh you know she's just a she's a ball of fire she's awesome and so we we had a good time talking um and this episode is sponsored by pride fitness in wood river illinois if you'd like to check out more info, you can go on the Facebook page or Instagram called Pride Fitness. Go check it out. Um, all right, well, that's it for my intro. I'll stop talking, and I will take you in. I hope you enjoy this conversation that I had with Tori Rose, and uh, I will talk to you all next week. Thank you. Can comfortably so you don't have to move it. That's good. I'm also a loud talker. You are? Yeah. Good. I can turn it down if I have to. But <laughs> loud is better than quiet, so. I feel like I talk loud to assert and like make sure my point's across. What do you think that? Why is why do you do that, you think? I don't know. I feel like it's just to seem more confident in whatever to you're saying. To seem more confident. Yes. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Like as a kid, I always kind of, my friends or family would tell me I was a know-it-all. But really, I was insecure as hell, you know? Yeah, you and, just have to fake it until you make yeah, it. That's right. everything that I've figured out in adulthood. Yeah. No one knows what they're doing. <laughs> that's the truth. So, we're all right, just well, out here making it sound like we know what we're doing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I like it. Well, um, I'm here with my new friend, Tori Rose. Tori just got to my house. We've never met before. I don't know much about you. <laughs> Uh, honestly, this is the first interview I've done with someone that I haven't really met beforehand. So it's kind of cool. And this is what I envisioned when I started the show. And so I appreciate you being willing to come on and uh, meet with a stranger. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I've been meeting a lot of new people over the last like two years. Yeah. Good deal. Well, I, uh, before we get started, this episode is sponsored by Pride Fitness. None other than Mr. Todd Locks himself <laughs> has sponsored this episode because he is the one that orchestrated all of this. So shout out to Pride Fitness. You can go there Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mornings at, or Tuesday, Thursday at what time? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Get there pay, at 5.30 if you want to get a spot. Yep. You pay five bucks to get in. That price might be going up a little bit when they get a new space. And then Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., Again, it's a circuit workout with about 140 people on average. I've never been. I never want to go because Todd never would been? kill me. Well, I don't really. I, I would. He. I would die if I go in there. I worked out with Todd for a few months with a buddy of mine, and he just killed us every day. So. You wouldn't die because he's not on you the whole time. Of course, he would be on me yeah, I was though. Say, yeah, <laughs> depending he, your relationship. Yeah, it's a love hate, <laughs> mostly hate. Um, but, uh, but no, Todd is sponsoring this episode, so not like he paid me any money or anything, but, but he said I could mention pride fitness for him. So, um, well, so Tori, where are you from? I am from Wood River, Illinois. Wood River, man. I've got a lot of guests from Wood River, <laughs> East Alton, that area. It, it, uh, it develops some pretty interesting people. I feel like that I was going to say, we got some stories. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, so what's it like growing up in Wood River? What was your family life like? Um, my family life was great. I grew up with both of my parents. My parents are still together to this day. 
Um, I had two sisters. They are 12 years older than me. So the next one in line is 12 years older. Well, I have a brother as well. Oh, okay. I, gotcha. I have a brother, gotcha. um, who is two years older than me. He passed away. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Thank you. And then I have two older sisters. Okay. All of them are redheads. Everyone's a redhead. Everyone's. And not you? Exactly. Or do you dye it? No. Not a redhead? I'm the only one with not red hair. Gotcha. My wife is a redhead. And she's always dyed it blonde, but the last, since COVID, she went like a year without touching it. So it's like, comes out. I think it looks awesome. And she is going to try to keep it that way. So, but yeah, she's always dyed it. And, you know, she tans pretty good. So she, she can pull it off. She's not a pasty redhead. So. Oh, we're, we're a pasty family. All of this tan is fake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I'm, I'm a pasty person too. And my, so my sister, her and her husband, they have three kids and they are all redhead, bright redheads. I mean, it's, and my mom, it, I think my mom's side had a redhead. My grandma had some red hair and his side had a little one person with a redhead and it just was like the perfect storm, all redheads. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's crazy. That's just a fun fact that you, <laughs> you started with there. So, so you've got two older sisters and a brother. Mm-hmm. They were all redheads. They were all redheads. And then you, um, then me. And then, uh, so you're, you're much younger than, than everybody, right? Yes. You're the baby. I am the baby. Okay. So what was it like being the baby growing up with the much older siblings? It was different. It was like from the time that I was born, I always had, even like a another second set of parent type figures because they were already in their early teens by the time I was born. So they babysat us. They picked us up from school. I mean, they didn't do that stuff all the time. Right, but right. But they they, they routinely helped. helped out. So and they messed with you, I'm sure. And yeah, well, they were nicer than my brother was. Yeah. <laughs> my brother and I definitely fought a lot, but yeah. we were two years apart. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. my kids are three years apart and they're like they go at it or they're in love in love with each other it just changes minute to minute so i get that um so wood river what what goes on in wood river when you're a kid what'd you so, what'd you do whenever i was a kid i actually spent most of my time in Bethalto. okay because we went to our lady queen of peace for school all right k through eighth grade and then we also went to church out there um my dad's Parents lived out there, okay. so we spent most of my childhood in Bethalto. So nothing really crazy happened. It was just yeah, like just a, a nice, normal, carefree childhood. Now, Our Lady Queen of Peace—that's right by the Locks Brick House, isn't it? It is right by the Locks Brick House, oh, located man. Have, in Bethalto, Illinois. Have you seen their new patio? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sweet. It's I heard. I heard. Uh, on their latest episode of the Eat Slay Live podcast that Dan Smith said it was the best place around. There's no other place like it in the Metro East area. I wonder I, if Pump House has gotten wind of that. I don't know. They're going to have some uh, some beef on their hands, I think. So <laughs> There's some big patio beef around here. There is. There is. But um so you're in you're in that area growing up. Good childhood it seems like. Your parents were together. Both your parents work or was your mom stay at home? What what was Yeah, the- both of my parents worked. My dad did a lot of um travel work whenever I was younger too. He actually retired from the company that I now work for. Oh, really? They had nothing to do with each other. So right. like he didn't get me on at that job or anything, but I actually started 3 months after he retired from it. Okay. Anyways. Well, that's cool. Anyway. <laughs> so did- we'll get into that later though cuz I I want to <laughs> touch on that when i uh i'll just go into it right now briefly on your instagram it says you're a scientist a photographer a fitness model and I, it says a lot of stuff right i know i had to expand the category <laughs> hey, i like it you're doing all of it it seems like so i really am doing all of it but yeah yeah i am a scientist that is my job title as a okay senior associate scientist that's pretty cool i want to hear more about that so let's let's cruise through childhood and, and high school and things like that though what uh were you into sports and things like that as a kid god no no <laughs> no like my parents put my brother and i and you know they had like the co-ed stuff whenever you're younger so yeah we did like t-ball and we did sure. soccer 
And they put me on goalie in soccer because I didn't really have to do anything. Yeah. So it never, never caught on. <laughs> it never caught on. I did dance um, at Fitness and Fun for a while, pretty much through my whole childhood. And then I also did uh, dance and um, theater in high school. Cool. Theater, was that fun? It was a lot of fun. I was Dorothy. Dorothy. As a freshman. Okay. Like Wizard of Oz, Dorothy. Yes. Okay, that's cool. Prime I'm role. from Kansas, so <laughs> that's pretty. I mean, Wizard of Oz is kind of our thing in Kansas, so yeah. Um, good deal. So, high school, were you partying, having fun? No, actually, no. I wasn't. You weren't. <laughs> no. Um. So, high school was like really good for me freshman year. Like, I was very well liked by everyone. I had a lot of friends. And then, like, sophomore year comes around, and that's when everybody's starting to get into, like, drinking and smoking and doing... And yeah. I was too scared. Wow. I was I did not do any of that stuff. I was scared to get in trouble, because we actually get, like, hair tested for drugs at Marquette. Oh, so, yeah, Marquette is a private Catholic school, for, for anyone that doesn't know Marquette in Alton, Illinois. I did not know that. Yeah, they would pull you, like... It was just random. They didn't wow. even tell you or anything, but they would pull people and drug test. So that made me too scared to like smoke weed or anything in Jeez. high school. Yeah, I would have been in a lot of trouble if that was the case at my school. And then as far as like drinking, I was just scared to like disappoint my parents and stuff like that. So I just, yeah, didn't, I didn't do it for a long time. Um, and then whenever I was a sophomore, I got my driver's license and then I started, um, Working at Steak and Shake. Okay. And in Alton? In uh, Wood River. Ooh, Wood River. All right. And then I got a second job at a jewelry store. Okay. Which so one? Goldings in Alton. I don't think I've heard of that. It's closed now. But they were open for like 100 or something years. They were open for a long time. Really? Yeah. And so are you a jewelry fan? I can see you're wearing quite a bit. You have you have some uh, jewelry on. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just it, this is a newer thing for me. I got my chains on too, you can't see them. Okay. Those are cool. Those are gangster. Yeah. I remember I just got this one. <laughs> in uh I remember like middle school, me and my buddies went through a phase where we wore like dickies and had like silver <laughs> chains, not gold. That we couldn't pull off gold back then, but, but yeah, yeah, I didn't wear any jewelry for a long time um because I got very into fitness. And so it was just inconvenient, but I've kind of added back in just a little bit. I yeah. think it adds a lot. Like the earrings, that's a nice touch. Yeah, they're nice. They're it really nice. elevates the sweatshirt. And <laughs> yeah, the, the Michigan State hoodie. <laughs> I like it. Go green, go white. Yeah. Is that where you went? No. Okay. I like to wear different colleges to confuse people. Okay. Because well, it people works. always come up. That's how I learned that that's like their thing. Okay. Go green, go white. Because someone came up to me and said, go green. And I was like, What? And you didn't, f you dropped the ball. <laughs> and he, he goes, if anyone ever says that, just say, go white. And I was like, go green, go white. Yeah, they've got a good basketball program, if you didn't know. Go basketball. <laughs> go basketball. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get, you know, as I said, I don't really know you, so I don't mm -hmm. really know your story. Um, but we talked a little bit, and I know you're somebody that now is a couple years sober. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine there's a little more to that story. So, you know, when you were in high school, did you know you wanted to be a scientist? No, I wanted to be a nurse. Actually. Okay, so you wanted to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. So you're you're focusing on your studies in school. You're not partying. You're you're trying mm -hmm. to stay out of trouble. Do you go? Where do you go to college right after high school? Well, actually, it was in like my um, junior year that I met my now ex husband. Okay. And I think that that was uh, a turn for me because we worked together at Steak and Shake and then he was kind of more involved in the partying lifestyle. Okay. So the further we got into that relationship, the more, you know, it's not just us hanging out. He wants to hang out with his friends and then we're around drinking and smoking and then I'm meeting other friends that sure. are drinking and then... Then I kind of got wrapped up into that. I still had not gone down the rabbit hole of my addiction yet. Right, right. But 
it was like a taste into that life. Things had not spiraled yet. Okay. So did you go to, did you grow up with your ex-husband from school or did you meet him at work? I met him at Steak and Shake. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So he, I was 17. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And he was older, I'm guessing. Yeah. He was out of high school. Okay. <laughs> um, I won't pry anymore. The look on your face said it all. <laughs> um, so you kind of start going down that path a little bit. Yeah. So then I did start nursing school. I got into the program. I went to Lewis and Clark. I took summer classes right out of high school so I could expedite the process to, right. you know, get to actually working as a nurse. So I took like all my prereqs and then I got into the nursing program and they weren't kidding about how hard it is. That's what I've heard. And then try and mix um, being in active addiction into that. Yeah, that's tough. Anything is tough with that. <laughs> that's a full-time job. I know um, all too well that being being in active addiction is a full-time job. So. So when did things, what, what did you start to notice was happening? Were you just experimenting with all kinds of different things or were you kind of latching on to certain substances and, and, and just doing things you wouldn't normally do? It was 100% alcohol. Okay. That was and always had been my drug of choice. Okay. Um, I had tried a few other things, but only under the influence of alcohol. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> because, like, I would never in my right mind be like, oh, sure, yeah, let's try that. Yeah, yeah. But drunk, I'm like, sounds like fun. Yeah, I know so, what you mean. Yeah. Um, what was the question? <laughs> so um, you start you start going further in your addiction with alcohol. Things are, you know, progressing, I'm guessing. You're trying to do nursing school. Oh, yeah. Does yeah. that not work out does nursing school kind of you know things come to a screeching halt there i think that the drinking all really took off too as well and my weight uh, we'll get to that. okay so but yeah. whenever i turned 20 my ex had a ultimatum from his uncle who he lived with that he had to either figure out a career situation or like get out of the house. At least that's what I was told. I wasn't involved in those conversations, so I can't speak to exactly what happened. But I ended up um, having some connections with a friend who was dating a landlord, and he had um, a two-bedroom apartment available in Alton. Okay. So the plan was he was going to move there, but then we decided that I was going to move there as well. So I basically overnight decided I was going to move into this apartment, and told my parents that I was leaving and like packed up my whole room into their minivan and moved it to Alton. Wow. What'd they think of that? Oh, I'm sure that they had many discussions where they talked about it. But to me, they were just like, you know, that's your decision. And up to this point, I had made pretty good decisions. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> so then getting into the apartment, we had all of this freedom that I'd never had before and I was underage at the time still but he was of age so he and his friends would always be able to supply alcohol sure and so I'd be drunk like every day and then eat a whole bunch of stuff I almost burned that apartment building down once because I cooked some pasta and then fell asleep and the whole place was full of smoke so I was told and my limp body was carried out. So that how, so was how does pasta? Scary. How does pasta start a fire? Just spilling over and well, I don't know because it just all all the water evaporated. So I, so I don't know if it burning. just burned. Yeah. Okay. But learn yeah. something new every day, huh? I don't. I don't know. I mean, I've heard of the. I've left many of pizzas in the oven in my day. <laughs> Uh, That's maybe why I with, got the pizza pizzazz. Yeah, it turns those off. things are those things are good, and the, the best is when you throw the pizza in with the cardboard on it still, and then it just kind of warps up. And <laughs> I remember my first house with some buddies. We put like some hot pockets in the oven, which who knows why they went in the oven at four in the morning. The oven just stayed on all night, and in the morning they looked like charcoal bricks. They were like black and probably two inches big. They shrunk down completely. Was it good though? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> who knows who tried? Somebody probably tried it. I don't know. But 
But so, okay, so you start, you know, you move out, you're independent, things are getting worse. Mm-hmm. Then what, at what point do you just kind of throw in the towel with school or make a change with school? What do, do does your drinking start affecting your, your school and in your life completely? Oh, yeah. It affected every aspect of my life. Like, I was waiting tables at the time. I remember being like drunk while waiting tables. I did a and great And you're job. like 20 years old? Yeah. I mean, I made a lot of tips because yeah. I was probably very personable. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was working and I was going to school and then I eventually, you know, it's something that we do in addiction that we like to blame every other thing in our life. Sure. Except for the thing that is really causing all the problems. So I quit nursing school and... um Whenever we lived in the apartment, we actually lived with another couple, and that did not end well. That's not e- that's not a good idea. So whenever they left the apartment, we then actually moved to a house in Wood River that we rented from my dad. My dad's a landlord. Okay. So I was living there with my ex, and then I decided to leave nursing school. Um, I finished out. I only had like one class to have enough to accumulate to have a degree of some sort. Mm -hmm. So I just had an associate's degree in science. Okay. Nothing applied about it or any specific type of science, an associate in science. I still don't understand that. Right. (laughs) So you couldn't do much with that. Um, So we were renting the house from my dad, and I planned to just continue my education, finish out, a bachelor's of some sort and figure it out from there. But then my dad said, oh, well, you've graduated college now, so we are raising the rent. Right. So that was my push to say, well, I can't keep waiting tables and expect things to go okay. I'm not right. making enough money. Um, so I decided to try to get a job with my degree. And I ended up getting a contract position at Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. Okay. And I did that for two years, and um, it was good experience. It was definitely a foot in the door, but I absolutely hated that job. And you were doing no school at that time, just working? Just working. Okay. And drinking. <laughs> Practicing. Just <laughs> just trying to practice drinking. I remember that job had pushed me so far, and I mean, I was in very active addiction whenever I worked at that job that like I would have shooters in the car ready for me as soon as I got off work. Wow. And so like for you, what was it? Do you struggle with anxiety and depression as well? Or, oh, yeah. Okay. So you had that you found that that was a good way. Alcohol was a good way to kind of kill that. Yeah. And it was a good way to just numb all of the other parts of my life that were causing me anxiety that I just didn't know how to deal with. Right. And rather than dealing with it, I would just like cut it all out. Sure. I know. That's exactly what, uh, that's what we do. So, so things aren't going well, but you're paying your rent, you're going to work, mm-hmm. you're getting by. And, you know, I was certainly that kind of functioning addict, alcoholic too. You know, I was working and, uh, you know, towards the end, I wasn't probably performing at my best, but, mm-hmm. you know, at what point did things really start to head south for you in your, with your addiction? Well, also, I I recall this too, like driving to that job, I would have like a glass of wine with me, 6 a.m. Please, mom. Uh, my mom's going to listen to this. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, and I remember having um, a couple, I don't know if they were anxiety attacks or seizures From while driving. drinking? Mm-hmm. Like in the morning driving to work um, and I wouldn't be able to like move my hands and my vision would come in. And yeah, there's a few times I had to call off work for that. Yeah. And that was probably related to the drinking, I'm guessing. Yes. Tremors. Yes. I'm sure it was. I think they're called delirium tremors, something like that. Well, they also have like withdrawal seizures. True. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um I eventually got a new job, and I thought that that would fix things. Right. Because <laughs> things fix people, <laughs> places, and things fix your problems, right? Exactly. Especially with alcohol. Exactly. They say, what do they say? Like, um, 
I can't can't remember it exactly, but it's something like if there I go and there I am, right? Like you try to go away from your problems, but you're still there. You follow yourself everywhere. Right. You're exactly. the you're the problem. And you know, a new job, a new car, a new boyfriend, girlfriend's not gonna fix your problems. So Exactly. Yeah. So whenever I got in there, um I was making the same like hourly that I was making at my full-time position at my previous job, but it was a temporary position. So I was taking kind of a leap of faith, um, that I would get that job, hopefully. Um, uh, also around that time, my ex and I had gotten married. So this was oh, okay. early 2018. And, um, it was just not good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, isn't it weird how when life is not going well and you're stressed out, you seem to have important decisions to make during that time. And, you know, you look back on it now and you're like, man, I didn't think that one through. Yeah. I mean, I think that all of those mistakes have really formed me and how I perceive everything now. Right. And the way that I'm thankful for everything that I have now. So I'm not mad that I made that decision or that we did that. I think it's a formative part of my Sure, journey. sure. I, I get that completely. You know, we, my wife and I talk about that too. If we hadn't have gone through what we've been through with me and my issues with sobriety, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today. That's for sure. And so, you know, you got to kind of just own it and learn from it. And then for me, I got to remember how hard it was and how bad it was. The, the more I can live in that moment in my head, the less likely I am to go back there, right? I, I try to, you know, it may sound weird to think about those bad times, but I can remember that like it was yesterday. So then I can think about if I start doing that again tomorrow, I know I'm going to be right back to it, in, it immediately. Or 100% on the same page with that. Yeah. Like any time there's someone new to sobriety and they're kind of asking me for advice and like coaching on things and you know sure then they're on their pink cloud and everything yeah, yeah. is so great and i'm like you have to remember that even if you have one more drink one you will end up back in that terrible place yeah so you can't get obsessed with how good you feel and think everything's okay now because you're still the same person right yeah it's not gonna go away you may be able to keep it away for a, a period of time, but it's it's going to come back if you got it. If it's in yes. there, it's coming back. Um, so you mentioned something about weight. So you were when you were living your unhealthy lifestyle, drinking nonstop, your weight ballooned up. Is that is that what I'm, I'm gathering? Yeah, okay. yeah. Whenever I was like twenty, twenty one or twenty two, I weighed two hundred and thirteen pounds. Okay, and I'm five. Three, five, four for okay. reference. Um, so I was pretty hefty. And I didn't know, but apparently my family was concerned. Mm -hmm. No one voiced that to me. So they were, <laughs> let's talk about that because I've struggled with my weight in my life too. Yeah. And I've gone up and down and, you know, a lot of times it was because of my drinking and unhealthy lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and there were times when my mom might mention something, but I think they think you get your feelings hurt, so they don't want to, or they're just scared to bring it up because of your, you might react anger, you know, with anger. Mm -hmm. What do you think your family's, you know, why wouldn't they bring that up to you? Probably just scared of what my reaction would be to what they have to say, or I don't know. Have you ever talked to him about it? Eh, I've talked to my sisters about it. Not really my parents, though. Isn't it funny, too, like, thinking about that kind of stuff? You always think, like, oh, I wonder why they didn't say anything, or I wish someone would have said something, but that's kind of a very self-centered way to think. Like, they're thinking about you all the time, and yeah. they're noticing that you're gaining this weight and doing all these things when they're living their own lives, especially if they're 12 years older than you. Mm -hmm. You know, they're in a completely different stage in life, and... You know, they might see little sister or my sister might see her little brother and he looks like he's gained some weight. He seems a little down, but who is, you know, she doesn't know what I got going on in my day to day. Yeah. She's got her own problems. So how, how do you kind of 
weigh that out to where should I say something or should I not? And it's hard. It's hard. And there's no right answer there, I think. Yeah, I think that um, thinking on it a little bit more that there was some discussion and actually my um, sister, Angela, so not my oldest, but my second oldest, she lives in California with her husband and she flew me out there for a trip just to like get a gauge at where I was in life, I think, because I had just recently quit nursing school at that time. Um, so I think that she was sensing that I was very lost in what I wanted to do with my life. Clearly what, whatever's going on with my weight, um, just something was going on. And I think that she was just trying to gauge that out. Sure. And were they, were they aware of your drinking habits and the extent of those or? Um, my sister Angela had been around it. I don't think that she knew that it was a regular occurrence because whenever I would see her, she usually lived not in the area. Like she lived in Atlanta and then she lived in California. So anytime I was going to see her was almost a vacation. Gotcha. So she may have attributed the excessive drinking to just like she's on a vacation. Hmm. Yeah. And it's like I I was the same way. You know, I was always kind of a problem drinker. And I would do stupid things or, you know, I would be in town in Kansas City for the weekend for a, you know, family birthday party. And I would not even go to it because I was out partying, you know, like, mm-hmm. so my sister would certainly get annoyed with me and like, but I didn't think she knew that I was really what I was really up to all those years, you know, and, and how stupid I was at times. And I was kind of far away and could get away with it. I wasn't going to call and tell her like, Hey, I, you know, yeah, I got, I got in some trouble last night downtown, you know, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's embarrassing. I had made plans with them. They were probably getting canceled day. Oh yeah. You know, like going to go to breakfast with mom. I'm sorry. I just can't count. I can't come. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Breakfast is out. That's not happening for the most part. I think that they all really saw the problem whenever we went on a family vacation. So, um, my oldest sister and my parents and I went down to Florida for like a weekend trip and we all stayed in like the same condo. And, um, my sister, also doesn't drink. Um, she will be three years in January. That's great. And, or wait, yeah. So she's three years already, and then I'm three years in September. Okay, cool. So she was already sober at the time, and I was not. Um, and my parents brought some alcohol, but they didn't have it like out in the common space. Right, right. It was just you know, in their room. And so my dad offered it to me. And then before you know it, you know, half the handle's gone because yeah. it was Amsterdam and that was my favorite stuff. Classy. Thank you. <laughs> $20 for a handle. <laughs> yeah, that's the good stuff. Yeah. So I remember one night they had all gone to sleep and it, that was the night that I finished like half of that handle. And they woke up and I had like cooked breakfast food and I was like, I had a mattress cover as my blanket, and it was just a mess. Oh, you mean you cooked breakfast food before you passed at, out? Yeah, at, at in the middle I of the I thought you meant you were still no, up, I and you cooked, cooked like, the a- whole thing of bacon, so then I put like half of it in the fridge, like it's gotcha. already cooked. Yeah. I'm sure they appreciated that. Yeah, so they told me the next night, you know, take it easy, but like, I think it probably clicked in their head, oh, this is probably happening a lot. Gotcha. And so was your husband with you on that trip? No. Okay. So were things kind of already getting bad in that situation or? I mean, it just had like always been bad. You know, once you get out of a relationship like that, you realize that that's not how it should have been right. the whole time anyways, even though it took that last straw to like finally leave. Yeah. But, you know, it just wasn't, we were very like enabling. Gotcha. Of each other the gotcha. entire time. So, like, if he had been there, probably the whole handle would be gone too. <laughs> he would have been helping out <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so, um, so things are they're kind of catching on. Things are progressing. When does the shit hit the fan? When when do you really come to a, a realization that you have a serious problem? 
and you know you're kind of at the first moment where you're willing to maybe admit that and maybe try to do something about it. I think I admitted it. I had a problem back whenever I was 20. Okay, so you knew. To myself, I knew that my drinking was not normal. Okay. But whenever I finally decided to like do something about it, um, I got in a car accident. Okay. Um, I flipped my car onto the other side of the highway. Luckily, no one else was involved. Were you in it by yourself? Yeah. Okay. I had also $13 worth of rallies. Ooh, what was your order? Um, it was chicken fries, but I didn't know that until I went to look at my wrecked car on Monday. All chicken fries? Chicken fries and a lot of sauce. I vaguely remember them charging me for extra sauce. Wow. I would too. Rallies in for my uh out of town listeners, rallies used to be checkers too in Kansas City, I know. There mm-hmm. I think rallies and checkers are the same. Um so you wreck your car, total it, I'm guessing. Yeah. Were you injured? I was not. You were not. None of my airbags went off, though. There was a guardian angel that night yeah. because my car was upside down, all the windows busted out, no airbags. Seatbelt? I wore a seatbelt, thank God. So you were a safe, drunk driver. Thank God. Yeah. So yeah, some strangers came over and ended up cutting me out of the car. I'm hysterically crying about how I've ruined my life. Right. Like, it's only now occurring to me that I'm going to have to pay the consequences for everything that I've already done as well. Right. So I ended up going to Madison County that night, and I can't get a hold of my husband. Um, He had been leaving in the middle of the night for months or not coming home. I found out he's cheating. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) But yeah, I didn't hear from him until 8 a.m. the next day. Um, My parents were actually out of town. It's a joke that whenever we were in active addiction, every time my parents were out of town, something really bad would happen. Right. And they would have to come home. Oh, man. So you had to get in touch with them Yeah. when they were out of town from jail? Well, I, I got a hold of my sister, okay, but so. we got my parents involved immediately as well because, I mean, I don't know how to deal with that stuff legally. And she's sober at the time, your sister? She is sober, yeah. Okay, so she's it's fresh that she's dealing with this too, just, you know, her no drinking. That has to probably make you realize like, yeah, I need to need to do something about this. Yeah, I mean, she was like so instrumental and still is very yeah, instrumental in my recovery. Um, so she got me to a meeting that very next day because it was the middle of the night whenever I wrecked right, and I right. didn't get out of jail until super early in the morning of the next day. So we went to a meeting that night, cried the whole meeting, obviously. Sure. Um, and yeah, I haven't drank since that day. That's great. I mean... Not great that you had to have all that happen, but it's great that you you haven't drank. So how has your life changed from that girl, you know, three, almost three, two and a half years ago? Oh my God, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. Like showing people what I used to look like, I think it's pretty evident by what I look like in my face and everything of like how unhappy and how just like, drained emotionally and physically and just how terrible my life was and then you can see me now and it's like I have so much life I have so much to offer I have so many things to do um I'm constantly doing things yeah isn't that crazy I think people you know I know some people that teeter tot on the do I have a drinking problem do I not and it's the people but, who announce that they're not drinking, and then whenever you're like, oh, congrats, I'm so proud of you, they're like, I don't know if it's forever. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you yeah. have to announce it, it probably <laughs> should be forever. Yeah, or just like, you know, I just don't know what I would do. I'd be so bored, but it's like, man, I There's... have no problem keeping busy now. <laughs> I don't know what I would do I started a I podcast, <laughs> all right? I mean, like, you can come up with some ways to stay busy, you know? I'm I too know. busy. I literally don't know how I got anything done. And I talked to my sister about this. I'm like, I don't know how I did anything whenever I was drinking. There's yeah. no time. And she's like, you just didn't do anything. That's exactly right. You thought you did. You thought about doing a lot of stuff. But <laughs> most of it was just thinking about how you're going to get your next 
fix, you know, exactly, and get that mood to stabilize a little bit. Um, so when did when did you become a scientist <laughs> in all of oh, this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was after my um first job out of college. Okay. So I worked at Dr. Pepper for two years. I worked in the um, quality assurance lab there. So I did a lot of testing and things. And then I eventually was like hating that job. I was also on second shift. So That's it was rough. terrible. Um, so then I took a contract position at my current job. Um, the position at that time was just like a tech position. Um, so I did that. And then right before my car accident, actually, I got hired on as an associate scientist. Don't know how I did that. But and I you did were going it. to school at that time. No. No. Okay. So you didn't go back to school. That's part of it. Okay. I never went back to school. Okay. I have a two year degree and I am in the same position as people who have master's degrees. Gotcha. You just have to work for it. Right. So like taking that shitty job where I had to work nights that got my foot in the door to a company that like I said, my dad retired from, so it's obviously a good company. Yeah. And I've worked my way up from there. That's great. So um, let's go into now, after you clean things up, you get your head on straight a little bit, you realize you want to stay sober, you're actively working towards it. Do things start changing with your health right away? Or was that kind of down the road a little bit? Because I know even in sobriety, I go up and down with my health and my diet and working out and not because it's like, you know, it's hard to keep up. For me, I have kids and I have I can still come up with excuses to not do things and to not eat healthy. So were you immediately kind of noticing the or reaping the benefits from being sober and healthy when you first got sober? I feel like my... Um, like health and fitness journey, it is kind of tied into my sobriety as well. But I originally lost a whole bunch of weight back in 2016. Um, that's whenever I was 213 pounds, I dropped down to 140. That's when my brother passed away. Um, so then I kind of ballooned back up because I just picked back up all my bad habits and quit yeah. going to the gym and I ballooned back up to about 200 pounds. And then whenever I got sober, I wasn't focused on my weight at all. I was figuring out, trying to get my life together. Right, and it just kind of started happening. And without the alcohol, without all the late night snacking, like I dropped like 30 pounds and did nothing. And then I was like, I'm kind of bored. And... Let me just capitalize on this. So yeah. I started going to the gym and I just worked out by myself for like the first six months or so, just doing my own thing. And then I ran back into an old friend, Mallory Wolner, and she had recently gone through a bad breakup, started going to the gym. We had a lot in common. And then she invited me to go to Pride. Pride, back to Pride. So, um, if you don't mind, I want to back up, you know, you said your brother passed away and mm -hmm. I know this might be a touchy subject, so no pressure to answer any question. Um, but do you mind sharing how that affected you? I think that I haven't really done enough digging into how it affected me personally. I've gone to a therapist a couple of times to try and work through it. Um, I still have a note that I wrote him on one of the anniversaries of his death where I was like promising him that I was going to be better and stop drinking and be there for the family. And so I do think that it did have an effect on me, but I haven't really dove into exactly how it all affected me. Gotcha. Do you mind me asking what happened with him? Um, It was suicide. So he dealt with a lot of mental torture pretty much whenever you know he had a lot of anxiety and depression and i know that he was dealing with a lot of social anxiety and um he would routinely come over and ask me about um you know i did this in a situation is is that the right thing because he was just unsure of how everyone was perceiving him so i think it all just took so much toll on him over time and i'm at i'm at peace 
with all of it, and I understand. Yeah. Well, I uh, I appreciate you touching on that, and I apologize if that was uh, too personal. But I just thought I would ask and see see what you what you thought about that tying with your story, and uh, you know. I'm very sorry for your loss. Yeah, your I think it definitely had a huge effect on my family and my family dynamic as well. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I have some some friends that have had similar situations, and it's things just are never the same. They really aren't, and uh, you know, it's a very hard situation. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it really does bring you closer to your family, though, because you really learn that you know anything could happen. And you just really want to spend as much time with those people as you can. Yeah. That's tough stuff. So, all right, now you're back at Pride. Let's get back to Pride. We love Pride. Our sponsor. The sponsor of today's podcast. That's right. Todd Um, Locks. Todd, who's Todd? Is Todd a celebrity? He's a celebrity, isn't he? He told me he had a video that had a million views on it. I think he's a celebrity. What That's, video is that? I don't know. He's my, he's probably lying to me. Anyways, you're back at Pride with your friend. You get invited. I know firsthand through my recovery world that, that I kind of am, my network of people, I know so many people that have gone to Pride and it has been a major piece of their recovery plan. Mm-hmm. And so let's explain, let's give a little insight to how, you know, you, cause I'm someone who I used to not be comfortable working out around a bunch of people because mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't lift that much weight. I can't, you know, whatever. I would just get in my own head about it. Um, and so were you like that when you started by yourself and then you kind of built up to going to pride because I, it can be intimidating to, to think about going and working out with 150 people. I mean, it is to me, I'll be honest. Yeah. I had tried it like once or twice before, but it was never really a huge part of my like routine or anything. Um, but, uh, I don't think I did like the prep work of like six months before I went there. That was just the timing of how things worked okay. out. And then some people who know me from Pride, they'd be like, well, like you were never really that big to begin with because I had already had a pretty good jump start on my right. journey before I even got there. But yeah, it, it's definitely a huge key into my recovery and my consistency and my schedule. And also I've met people through there, like you mentioned, who were yeah. also in recovery. And it's just, it's so beautiful to see these people whenever I've seen them, you know, at meetings or things before. And I've seen the growth yeah like emotionally even outside of just what you would call recovery like just how they're living their life yeah that's great i mean i know gosh i mean the thousands of people that have gone through those doors you know what i mean and i know so many of my friends that they can't make it all the time anymore but they go once a month or you know they they make a point to go and you know i i've known todd for 16 and a half years when I first moved here I worked with him and we became immediate party buddies right and then he moved on to you know a different career path and started down in Granite at the hit squad gym and so we've always kept in touch and most of it was partying you know and then uh lately we've kind of reconnected through we both go to the same church and mm-hmm. he's one of my best buddies in the world and we have a completely different relationship than we used to and it's it's great. I mean, I'm I'm really hoping that he gets to find his new space here soon too. Please. We need a space. I know. I know. He he we've been praying for him. Everybody has been. <laughs> yeah, Mallory and I are like, what are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, we've been going to Pride three times a week for like the last two years. Consistency. That's a lot. <laughs> Consistency. I always talk about that on here. Like, I, I, you know, I used to be so inconsistent, like you said, mm-hmm. bailing out on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm not perfect now, but for the most part, at least if I'm bailing on something, I'm being honest and I might yes. have a real reason and I'm considerate of the other person and I'm asking giving uh you know a reason and then asking can we reschedule and you know what i mean like yes. i used to just be like either no call no show or just like a hey can't make it 
you know, my I'm my aunt died. So sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. I'm hungover. Yeah. Or just over the top. I apologize. I'm a horrible friend. Whatever. You know, oh, you go yeah, over the top. Depending where you're at mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. don't. I don't miss those days at all. I make such a conscious effort now to like take opportunities. Like if someone asks me to do something like this, like to do this interview. Yeah. That's an opportunity for me to experience life. So I'm inclined to say yes. Right. Whereas it's scary. You're meeting someone you don't know. and sure. You're going to talk about your worst times. So you would probably say no. Right. But I make sure that in this life that I live now, I say yes. And whenever I say yes, I set a date. And whenever I set a date, I don't change it. Yeah. I don't cancel it. I follow through. I can vouch for that. You're very, you're very timely. You're on point. Checking in, <laughs> confirming that we were still on ETA of 15 minutes. I work you know? with a lot of people, so I try to cover all of my bases. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into that next. So you do, you're a scientist by day, and yes. then you clock out from your, you, you take off your lab coat, and okay. you go get in your car. You don't have shooters in there anymore. So no. what do you do when you leave work? What happens? Um, so it depends on the day. Like today, what I was supposed to do is I was supposed to have a photo shoot right after work at three o'clock. Um, but we, we had a miscommunication about timing. So were you taking pictures or being photographed? I was being photographed. Okay. So we'll, let's talk about both of those. Okay. So, <laughs> So you are being photographed, yes. and I know you're working with a new clothing line. I've seen some yeah. pictures of that, mm -hmm. so let's talk about that. What clothing line is that? Well, I work with a couple different brands. So I work with LeafWorks Apparel, which is, um, they're more of a startup, but they have high-quality products. The guys that work on that used to work in first form. They're familiar with sourcing, so quality products there and then i also work with um clubhouse apparel okay um they're based out of i believe it's new york maybe please don't be mad at me if i got that wrong but they're not from here but um they have a really good team over there it's all about like community and family and um they're definitely a god-based brand so okay i really like that about them and then um recently i started working with hate brand which is spelled H-V-I-I-I. Okay, yeah. But it's pronounced I've seen hate. that, yeah. Yeah, so that's very exciting, something new for me. Okay. Um, so I met Bonnie, who she's an athlete. It's her boyfriend actually owns the company. Um, and she is a powerlifter coach. She's an online person. Um, so she has a pretty big following. Um, I ended up going to a few lift and learn classes with her just to work on like form. So we went over squat, bench, deadlift. Sure. Um, as well as they have like a Q and A session. So I got to know her that way and then, um, ended up doing some photographs for her as well as Jessica Wester, who, um, also worked on running those events. Wow. That's cool. So you're kind of in this. I mean, you're no slouch. You got like 14, 15,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> You know, I got a hundred or two, right? <laughs> and I'm not trying to get a lot, but um, I that's a lot, right? You know, you how does it work? I think everyone might be curious to this. How does it work when a company, how do you get connected with a company that's not from here? I mean, it's just like you get connected with people in real life. Like you talk to people, people talk to people. That's how I've met a lot of the photographers I worked with whenever I'm modeling. That's how I've met a lot of the clients that I work with for photography. It's just connections. Sure. And I mean, as far as social media goes, like I just genuinely enjoy sharing what I'm doing and sharing my life. If you don't like social media, it's not going to work out for you. I'm right, sorry. Right. Like I consistently post because I just enjoy sharing. And whenever I don't feel like sharing, I don't post. Yeah. It's as simple as that, huh? And I think a lot about, like, it's not just how much you post. Like, you can never make people care about what right. you're doing. Like, you just have to do whatever you're going to do. And if people care, they care. If they don't, they don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I certainly do not. 
I don't get I just posting for this, right? The podcast. I don't know timing. I don't you know what I mean? Like I don't know how to put them together. Oh and people my, think about that too much. I don't think about you it. You don't think about it? I just I don't know. Like my wife always tells me, you shouldn't have put the text here. You know, and I'm like, You're probably right. You just want to do it for me. So Yeah, I mean I used to think about it a lot more, yeah. but now I'm just like doing whatever I want to do. And I get what she's saying about the text. Yeah. And I think that she's just trying to be conscious of like, how are you going to catch someone's eyes? So you need to think yeah. if someone's scrolling through, what's going to make them stop and look at whatever you have to say. Right. So if you don't have like your caption written properly or you don't have a captivating photo, what's going to make them stop? Yeah. I'll tell you what the, you know, on the, on this show I've covered, you know, inspirational addiction stories some an infertility story, um, some mental health stuff, some eating disorder type stuff, uh, weight weight surgery. You know, we've covered quite a bit of stuff, right? The ones that grab the most attention are the sobriety stories where there's a before and after picture, right? <laughs> and I've, one of them in particular, my buddy James, who he's got a crazy before and after picture, and his episode has been one of the highest so far. So I can definitely supply some great you, before and after photos. You don't have to. You you don't have to. Unless you want to. You surely can. And I hope you're gonna share it with all of your friends with all that following online as well. Of course I will. <laughs> I want them to listen. Yeah, that's great. Um so let's go into the your passion for photography. Mm -hmm. Is that sort of a new thing? I think it's a newer thing for everyone to know about. I like always had a camera back on MySpace. I had a couple different cameras. I had a red camera. It was iconic. All of my friends from like whenever I was really young will know exactly what camera I'm talking about. And then I had an orange Canon camera. And then like, I don't know, I just got into other stuff. And then whenever I got divorced, upon finalization of my divorce, I bought myself a camera. There you go. A nice Canon T7i. And I never really got around to using it or figuring out how to actually use a camera. I mean, you can't just put it on auto. So then whenever I got COVID. Oh, you got the COVID. Whenever I got COVID in 20, or why am I just saying it's like. Last year. Yeah. December. Okay. <laughs> so I got COVID and so I couldn't leave my house for two weeks. And I was like, well, I guess like... I'm going to learn how to use this just thing. Just figure out how to use this camera. So I did some YouTube education on how to take raw photos, how to mess around with your settings, how to do some basic editing in um, Lightroom. Photoshop is still a learning curve for me. Yeah, but it's tough. Yeah, and I wasn't going to do it like for people. Um, but whenever I started posting my own pictures and people wanted me to do stuff, I was like, let me capitalize on this. Sure. Build a website, start a Facebook. Todd made me start the Facebook page because I was like, why would I build a Facebook business page? Because it's free. All the people <laughs> are already on my profile. And he's like, okay, but you're going to cap out. Yeah. They only let you have so many friends. Anyways, thanks, Todd. He's right. <laughs> So yeah, I just started building the business overnight. I put a Facebook post out that was like, hey, I'm going to start this business. Who wants some free family pictures? You know everyone hopped on that. Oh yeah. I had like 40 requests within like an hour. So I'm still taking care of some of those like now. Wow. We actually, my wife was just telling me we're getting pictures in May. She doesn't know who's doing it. So me we'll have you do it yeah All i right, would love cool. to that'd be awesome because we got we're trying to decorate this basement and so she's got these frames picked out mm -hmm. from small woods i think is what it's called it's like they're wood frames they're pretty cool and she's like we need pictures to go in them so we'll have to hit you up so if we want if someone wants to get in touch with you how do they get in touch with you um, you could go to my instagram it's at hello i'm tori with three eyes at the end so, hello, T-O-R-I-I-I. Hello, I'm Tori. I'm Tori. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Do you all spell right. it all out? You might want to. H-E-L-L-O-I-M-T-O-R-I-I-I. -I -I -I. 
Okay, one more time. I'm joking. <laughs> I suck at spelling. <laughs> Clearly, I do too, and maybe listening too. So, um, so what what else do you have to share with somebody? Because you know the whole the whole premise of this show is sharing struggles that you've been through and kind of how you navigated those struggles. Not in detail, but what what takeaways do you have just in your life with what you've gone through and that you could maybe pass on to someone else who thinks that they're up against the wall, they got nowhere to go, they've lost loved ones, they've struggled with addiction, they've struggled with living unhealthy lifestyles and their weight, struggle to find a purpose. How, how What advice could, could Tori Rose give them on how, how she kind of looks at that? Mm-hmm. I feel like my answer is almost going to be kind of cliche, but like, you have to work for it. None of those things are going to come easy. You're not going to lose the weight in an easy way. You're not going to get sober in an easy way. You're not going to start your own business in an easy way. All of those things have struggle and have work. And you have to push through those things knowing that the outcome is going to be better than it was in the beginning. Even if you fail at that thing, you're going to learn something and you continue to push and grow you can't give up if it's something you really want for yourself. Cause if you're going to give up, it's not something you really want. Yeah. That's great advice. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. And it's been awesome to sit down and talk. I'm really glad that we got to do this. I appreciate you being willing to. And, uh, thanks to Todd Locks for setting this up. Todd Locks I, of Pride Fitness located in... I don't even know how to find it. That's how... I've never been there. I don't even know where it's at. So you might have... It's on Old Alton Road, right? Or right over there? Old St. Louis Road. Old St. Louis Road. All right. There we go. All right. Well, Tori Rose, thank you very much. Um, we will catch up next week, guys. Thanks a lot.